Oh, it goes quickly, eh? So here we go. I'm going to speak on a subject that creates a little bit of tension amongst some people because of where we come from by way of our tradition and our Christianity and it's, it, it, can, it can give people mm, a kind of, but I'm not so sure about this. So I'm, I'm tackling a subject which I, let me confess, when I got saved, this was totally taboo. It wasn't part of my makeup at all. I, I, didn't, I didn't have to, I didn't want to know. People said to me, you don't need this. We spoke about the Holy Spirit in the church, people's hair curled, and it just was not a topic or a subject we ever went to. And then I came to Cape Town on a course, and my boss, he encouraged me to come down a weekend early. He said, come spend the weekend with me. I knew him, he was a friend. Um, and um, they took me to a meeting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there it happened. And um, then I was in trouble, not because I wanted to be or that I caused trouble, but because God had done something in me. And it, it wasn't anything I did because God did something in me. People used to look at me and think, oh, he's one of them now. In fact, I used to play tennis with a group of guys. And the one guy said to me the one day, he said, you're actually still the same guy. Because I'd got baptized in the Spirit and said to them, I now speak in tongues. And somehow in people's thinking, when that happens, oh my word, you've, you've lost the plot. You're, you're gone. But I want to show you from God's Word that it's something we shouldn't be afraid of. It's, it's, it's a supernatural thing. So I can't work it out with my mind. I don't care how clever you are. You might have as many degrees as I don't know, and you might have so many degrees you look like a thermometer. But you can't work out supernaturalness in your head. It's got to be by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God has got to download something into you. And it awakens the reality of what's possible in God. So our minds get in the way. Now, I'm not saying... Or go to the door, leave your minds there, come back in, you know, and I'm going to speak so you can get it. I'm not saying that. Of course we've got to think. But we mustn't, and Joy prayed it in the little pre-prayer meeting, we mustn't overthink this thing. Because when I started speaking in tongues, my, I, I was here in Cape Town, I phoned my late wife, and I said, lovey, you'll never believe what's happened. She said, what? I said, I've got prayed for and I've been baptized in the Spirit, and I'm speaking in tongues. She said, I want it. <laughs> so I said, well, I don't know how we get it. I, 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 didn't, I couldn't help her. So when I got back to Port Elizabeth, I phoned uh, a friend of mine who was a minister, and um, he, he, he had been baptized in the Spirit. Well, a friend, I knew him. And he arrived at our house, you know, chesut and chetai, you know, because he's coming on a mission. And when he saw me with the open neck shirt, he took his tie off and his jacket. He said, I'm so glad you're normal. <laughs> because he was on a mission. And that's the picture we get when it's tongues and not tongues. The spirit. 
Look, everybody has the Spirit. If you got born again, you have the Spirit. If you, if you haven't got the Holy Spirit and you haven't been born again, it's quite simple. Paul says that in Romans 8. Without the Spirit, you can't know Him. So you received. A good question to ask people if they say they're Christians, you say, when, when did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit when you believed? And you watch. Lots of South Africans go, well, receive the Spirit? No, I, I'm not into that stuff, Brew. Because you see, we, we don't realize that the Spirit of God is what activates me into the realities of the spirit world. I can't do it by myself. There are some people who are so well studied, they've studied themselves out of this gift. And I'm, I'm only going to speak on one gift. So if, if it doesn't get to you on the one gift or what that you're belonging for, it's this one. I want to show you that this gift is available to all of us and it helps us in our spiritual walk. Amen? So, we are charismatics. We're not cruisermatics or automatics. We're charismatics. And charis is the word charis, which means gift or grace. Charis is a Greek word. I'm very good at that, eh? Greek. It means grace or free or gift. And we are called charismatics because we believe in the free gifts that God wants to give to his church. So in the late 60s, early 70s, there was this move of the Spirit of God amongst churches where people became a little bit discouraged with what was going on in their life in the church. And they began to seek the Lord. And God began to pour out his spirit. And they called it the renewal movement. There was a renewal of people. And people began to catch hold of this reality, this realm of the spirit. Now let me explain this to you. They are those on the lunatic fringe. That's Brother Rababanda and Sister Rakunda. They, they are out there, you know, Sister Bucketmouth and Brother whatever he is. And then on the other side, you've got those who, this, you, you're not touching them, we can't go there. But somewhere in the middle, God wants us as a church to own the fact that he gives the church gifts. And the gifts are given for our own benefit. To glorify him and to encourage us. Can you say amen? So we charismatics, free undeserved gifts. Why would God give gifts to the church and the church not accept them and use them? Have you ever thought of that? Why would God do that? Why would the church not receive the gifts? I mean, if I gave Craig a gift and he kept it on the mantelpiece in his house for the next 20 years and never opened it, I might kind of be a little bit offended. It wouldn't be an expensive gift, I mean, Craig. It'd be a nice gift, though. But you know what I mean? I'm joking. You know what I mean? You give somebody a gift and they open it. You've all seen little kids at Christmas time or on birthdays and open their gifts. It's so exciting. And God gives gifts to the church and the church is, oh, I'm not sure. Mm. Imagine a little guy opens his present. I don't want this tractor. I wanted a John Deere. You're getting an international. I don't care. It's, no, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just exciting because it's a gift. And God wants to give gifts to his church. And the gifts are always... In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, you with me now? 
She's losing. To each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? Always for the common good. It's never for me. It's never to make me look good. The anointing of God, the presence of God makes us look good. Because that enables us to do things we couldn't do. And people who don't understand that realm say, wow, check it out. And that's when these guys become stars. But when the sun rises, the stars retire. I like that. And the stars, so-called in the Christian world, don't allow the Son of God to rise so that their situation is dimmed and Jesus is glorified. And that's what happens. It's always for the common good. In 1 Corinthians 14, 18 and 19, 18 20, what does it say? I'll read it in my Bible. I thank God, Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church... I would rather speak five intelligible words to others, to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. What's Paul saying? He's writing to the Corinthian church who had the gift but abused the gift. So he never said to the Corinthian church, guys, 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 well, stop it. Just cut it out. He gave them instruction on how to use the gifts wisely. He didn't say stop the gifts, you bunch of clowns. He, he said, no, you're using the gifts in the wrong space, in the wrong place. He's talking about, I, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Meaning, there's two kinds of tongue. There's a tongue for my personal private devotion. And there's a tongue that I bring in church or in a meeting. And somebody interprets the tongue. Now, if I'm speaking in tongues, I'm speaking to God. Is that right? Doesn't sound very positive. Yes, I'm speaking to God. If I get a prophecy, what's that? Careful now, it's loaded. It's God speaking to me to give, some, give to, the, to the people. So prophetic words come out of heaven. And now often we don't have prophetic words that start with us. So we should get prophetic words out of heaven. The Lord says. Tongues are to God. So interpretation of tongues should be I'm leaving that to you. It says this in verse 20. Brothers, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. And some of us still think like infants when it comes to the realm of the Spirit. And I'll end with 1 Corinthians. I'm not my preach, but I just want to read this. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. And here's the problem with the church. The church is very fitting, and the church is very orderly, but everything's missing. Everything should be done. And the everything is the realm of the spirit. Wil Wilma Ray used to say, we are not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience for a short while here on the planet. And that's the life that God wants to, that's my note, in very good handwriting. Revelation, revelation is a secret God has made known through supernatural means. This is my note, I'll read it. it might, it's not just information, 
information is, is, is eating too many things that constipate the church. I'm sorry, it's a bad word, but it, that's what it does. We need revelation because that brings transformation. So when, when God speaks to his church, it should transform us because it's revelation. But we hear it and we hear it with this thing and we don't hear it with this. And we must allow it to drop, you know, eight inches. So on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, we know the story. And yes, on the day of Pentecost, the, the tongues that were spoken were different because it was the birth of the church. And people spoke in tongues and all of them heard these people speaking and they said, aren't these Galileans? But they speak in our own language. People from all over the place were in Jerusalem. And they said they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. In Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 46. Acts 10, 44 to 46. I suppose I can read it off there. While Peter was still speaking these words. Now remember, Peter went to a Gentile house. His name was Cornelius. Peter went to his house because he had a vision. Peter's pressing problem was that he fell asleep. Often. You read Peter. Jesus said to him, just pray, Peter. Just, just pray. Can you not pray one hour? He's dosing in the garden. He's, what is he? He's in a trance. He has this vision. Peter's dosing again. He's always... While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, who are the, the Jews, were astonished that the gift of the Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. How did they know? The people spoke in tongues. That's how they knew. So what happens in chapter 11 of Acts, they pull Peter in, they say, listen buddy, you've just crossed the line. You went and ate with Gentiles. They're like, they're like dogs. How dare you go into a Gentile house? So Peter explains his actions, and this is what it says, and I didn't give you the scripture, so don't panic. In chapter 11 and verse 18, it says this. Peter explains his actions, and then he, he tells them what happened there. He said, they began, they began to speak in tongues like we did. And then it says this in 11:18, it says, when they heard this, they said, oh, well, of course, if that's the sign, it's got to be fine. I'll make a rhyme every time. Eh? I'm a poet and I don't know it. Eh? So it's, the sign was that the acceptance was they spoke in tongues. Oh, my word. In Acts chapter 19, verse 5 to 6, Paul goes down to Ephesus and he finds some. He says to them in Acts 19, did you receive the Spirit when you believed? They said, we haven't heard, even heard there is a Holy Spirit. What baptism? Then it says this, and he explained, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. All through the book of Acts, you see it. Now, people will say, yes, but if you read the, 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 the letters of Paul, there's a lot. Paul writes to the, the Ephesian church, and he says to them, listen, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What does he mean? We sing spiritual songs. You just start singing. You sing in a spiritual song. When I'm alone in the car, I sing spiritual songs. I even dream I'm an opera singer. I'll confess. I, do, I, I dream I'm an opera singer. So I, 
Now I won't give you a rendition. But I, I give it horns in my car. I sing in the spirit. I make music in my heart and I sing to God. Because nobody else can hear. It's only me. So I only think I'm crazy. And no one else does. Amen. In Mark chapter 16 it says that this sign will follow those who believe. Go into all the world, preach the good news. Whoever believes in a baptism, whoever does not believe, carry on. 18, 17, 18, did you put it up? No. My writing's bad. There it is. And, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. Have you driven out a demon before? We can drive out demons. Demons are subject to us. Why? Because we're so clever. No, because I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. They will speak in new tongues. They'll pick up snakes. I've done that when they did. And I haven't drunk poison. And I've placed my hands on the sick and I've seen people healed. Amazing. Those signs will follow. One of them, speaking in tongues. Now I'll give you, a, you'll laugh, but this is a, an honest testimony. I have, a, I have um, um, uh, what's the fear you have when you're enclosed? Claustrophobia. I, I was very scared of lifts. I promise I'll make a confession. I hated lifts. Get into a lift and the door closes. And, and then I got baptized in the Spirit. I thought, well, let me try this out. I'm not scared of lifts, hallelujah. And I get in the lift and still it. And I pray in tongues. And I didn't pray loudly in the lift, you know, with people. In, can you imagine that? No. I just would pray in tongues. And I overcame my fear of claustrophobia in a lift by praying in tongues. I still have this weird feeling in a lift. I always think the thing's going to fall. Because, you know, I think, can it take me? Can it? Can, but I, pray, I, I prayed in tongues, seriously. It's like this hillbilly farmer and his son and his mom went to town. And they were standing watching this thing. The doors opened, closed, and people. And they were standing watching. And this old lady went into the lift. And they watched. And then it went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Amazing. Then 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. And out walked this beautiful young lady. <laughs> and the farmer said to his son, you go fetch your ma. <laughs> That's the idea people have about the things of the spirit. It's all weird and it's spooky and it's, it's not. It's not. God can help us overcome. God can help us overcome. There's a clear distinction between tongues, praying in tongues for my devotional time and bringing a tongue in a meeting. Okay? We'll, I can't explain it perfectly because I want to get there. So, tongues is a kind of entry gift to quote... Uh, the alpha boy, Nicky Gumbel. It's like an entry gift. It's, it's the first kind of expression, the first exposure you have to the reality of the Spirit. There's an opportunity for you to have this gift of speaking in tongues. Who remembers the first time they prayed in public? Do you remember? I tell you, I was in the Baptist church, and they came, the one old guy came and he said to me, he leaned over, he said, we want you to give thanks for the cup this morning. I said, no. <laughs> I was under condemnation for a week 
Because how do you pray in public? What do I say? How do I do it? And it's exactly the same with tongues. Because your mind says to you, are you out of it? That's not, that's weird. Okay, so it's, it's, it's an evidence. It's not the evidence. I had a friend in Port Elizabeth. He was a good old Pentecostal. He said to me, if you don't speak in tongues, brother, you're like an elephant without a trunk. And that's not true. It's not the sign. It's a sign. It's one of the signs of being baptized in the Spirit. God, it says you're being baptized in the Spirit, and they spoke in this new language. It says in 1 Corinthians 14 that we must eagerly desire. So I'm not going to pray for anyone at the end of this meeting. Because I want you to go home and eagerly desire the gift. Eagerly desire. I don't have to lay hands on you. Paul did. I'm not Paul. I'm Jeff. I can lay hands on you, but I want you to get hungry. I want to preach you hungry for this reality, for this gift that God's given. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. Just let that sink in. And you know, the Bible says, death could not keep him in the grave. Death could not keep him. I shook my, oh, my word. 21 minutes I've been going. I think that's wrong. No, it's not. Death couldn't keep Jesus. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he dwells in us. The Holy Spirit's not it. He is God. And the first, the, the third person is always the first person to be neglected in the life of the church. Because we like the teaching. I've got good friends. They go to church. They say, ah, oh, the teaching this morning doesn't change your lives just words it's information now i'm not saying you don't preach good stuff i'm not saying that but you preach stuff under the power under the anointing of the spirit that changes you what's the point we might be the round table or whatever we are just a, a service club now this is the church jesus is here by his spirit this morning well i know that i mean i'm It says in Romans 8.11, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So it's an evidence of the presence of God. It's an evidence of the presence of God for you. That's exciting. Well, I find it exciting. Hmm. So if you're feeling a bit down, what do you do? Pray in tongues. You pray in tongues. Whenever. You, you can use the gift whenever. You just pray in tongues. If you're feeling happy, pray in tongues. If you're feeling miserable, pray in tongues. If you don't know what to say to somebody, Andrew always says this. I don't know how he does it, but he said when he's talking to someone, he's praying in tongues in the spirit to ask God to show him is there anything that you, Lord, want me to know so that we can help these people? That's quite scary. Words of knowledge come by the Spirit. How do words of knowledge come? God, prophecy comes by the Spirit. They're the gifts of the Spirit. People say, I've got a gift of discernment. Everybody can discern right from wrong. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to discern right from wrong. 
The gift of discernment is the discerning of spirits. Spirits. And the spirit at large in this nation is the spirit of religion. The religious spirit. You speak to people and they, all they do is quote scripture back to you. Just talk to me. I can read the scripture. I want to speak. I want to hear you. It's all this scripture. And they sound so pious and so amazing. And you always think, what am I? They quote things that you read years ago. That's the religious spirit. And as soon as you get in contact with the religious spirit, you feel measured. You feel like I'm just not there. I'll back off you. No, the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's the problem in the church in this nation. People are religious. It's not a Christian country, it's a religious country. You know what the other problem in this nation is? The demonic. I won't go there. It's the demonic. The demonic is so powerful in this country. And us Westerners, most of us whiteies, we don't know a lot about that world. I was praying for a guy once. I knew nothing about it. I was called. I acted like I can do this. Somebody phoned, said my son. So I went down to the house and I prayed for an hour. And the demon spoke to me and said, you sweating and I'm staying. I wanted to slap the guy and I thought, hang on, that's not his voice. I said, Drew, come back here. Where you been? The demon spoke to me. I'm sweating, he said. You sweating, and I'm, I'm staying. We don't realize how powerful the enemy is. He doesn't have authority over me, but he's got power. Believe me, he's got power. And where does he play? Here. Where does Jesus want us to be activated? Here. He wants this to control this. The heart, as a man thinketh, thinketh, in his heart. That's how he is. Amen? So that's what the gift is. Second, 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 second. Whoosh. I'm going to try my best. Speaking in tongues edifies me. What does edify mean? Edify means this to construct, to build up, to, to be a house builder, to put a roof on it. It's to edify it. It encourages me. It lifts me up. If I wake up in the morning and there's only one side I can get out. Now I've got two sides. And I get out the wrong side. And I, you know, you, you, you've had those mornings, yeah? Come on, you've had those mornings. You know, oh boy, not even four cups of coffee will help this morning. And you just feel down. And, you, feel, and you, you, you get to the Lord and you don't know what to pray. And you say, God, here I am. And Steve again, Lord. Oh, he just, I don't know. Just, just struggle with him so much. Help me, Lord. Just pray in the spirit. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Steve's, Steve will counsel me afterwards. You know those days, then you pray in the spirit and it builds you. It edifies you. It's not the kickstart like a cup of coffee, but it's part of your prayer. It's part of your devotion to God. People say, oh, pray in tongues just to get me going. Get off the grass. You go in, bro. You pray in the Spirit to help you. My devotions, it's, it's, it's a prayer language. It's Use normal sentences. I've heard people praying like a machine gun. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just single shots, bro. Single shots. You know, they, they're so fast because you're praying in the Spirit. You've got to be quick, 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 quick. 
Just let's hear you. Just pray. Just pray. No, be normal. Guy came to our church. We invited him for lunch. Came home. We had lunch. This is what he said to me. He said, it's amazing. You, you're the same guy as your own church. Yeah. Because you see, you've got to put on something if you're going to be spiritual. So when they get to behind the pulpit, behind the music stand, and they preach, they put on something to make you think, oh, amazing. Then you go to their home and think, oh, my word. You see books in the bookshelf. You hear the kids say things. It's right. It's good to visit people. Talk to the kids. Find out a lot. Um, don't be normal people. Don't make the spirit world something just eerie and spooky and strange. It's not like that. Okay? It says in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 4, it says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. I like that. Other, other versions say he speaks divine secrets. Oh, glory. So when I speak to God in my tongue, it's between him and me. Divine secrets. Now this is, I wish we could take this off the tape. Maybe they won't put this up. I don't know. But I believe this. Your prayer language is a heavenly language the devil doesn't understand. He's got no clue. So you pray in the spirit. He goes, oh, what's happening? Guys, go check that out. Go. We don't know what's going on there. They, there's some language. Because it's heavenly. It's, it's a godly thing. It's a language no one understands. Divine secrets. It's his gift to us. We are uttering mysteries, my brothers and sisters. The mysteries of God. Woo! Look, that makes me excited. The Bible tells me it edifies me. So, so I practice what it says because the word is like a prescription to my sick soul. This, you know, you go to the doctor. I went to the doctor. I had my eyes fixed. They took off these lenses and put on new ones because he said to me before, you don't look so good, bro. Put in. <laughs> I don't look any different, but now I look different. I see different. And so... He gave me a prescription because this eye, the right one, has got something wrong with it. I've got to put a drop in every night. And it's a prescription. The Bible is a prescription to make these souls of ours live like God wants them to live. It speaks to us. So you read the prescription. You know, when you buy a car, if you, like me, you don't read the manual, and then you have a puncture and you say, now where on earth is the jack? And the, you know? No, no, no. The Bible tells you everything you need to know about life and godliness. Because Peter said, he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So I read this and then I utter mysteries. I speak mysteries to God. My God and I, we, we're mysterious. And what does that do to me? It stirs my soul. Makes me live, gives me life, gives me hope, and it helps me. The Spirit helps us, the Bible says, in our weakness. In Romans 8, 26, 27. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Who knows that Jesus also intercedes for us? Two intercessors out of the three. 
praying for you. The big three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Spirit and Jesus. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit, listen to this, intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. I'm going to pray for Michael Roberts there. I do pray for you, Michael, just you know, every now and again because I know you need prayer. Um, and I don't know what to pray for, Michael, so I pray in the Spirit. And it says there, I intercede in accordance with God's will for him. I'm uttering mysteries that I don't know anything about, but God knows him. And he knows what I should be praying for him. Guys, you, you don't want the gift. Can you be so dumb and still breathe? You must have this gift. You've got to have the gift. Now listen to me. It doesn't say that we do not know how to pray. He is presuming we know how to pray. He's saying we do not know what we ought to pray for. Hello? Hello? He's not saying we, we don't know how. Yeah, so here's the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory. Thank you. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna pray for me. No, 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 no. I'm not praying for you in that sense. I'll pray for you. But I'm not going to say I'm going to pray your prayers. You need to pray. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't, we, need, we should know how to pray. I pray for Ellen, pray for Mike and Liz, pray for the old guy, yeah, what's absurd. <laughs> Go through the list, pray for people. And some, I don't know you, I don't know you, you don't know me. And you're on the list and I pray, I pray, I say, God, and then I break into tongues because I don't know. I'm praying mysteries for you. And I walk out of my prayer closet, hallelujah, come on world, make my day. Hasta la vista, baby. I'll be back. You know that? You feel that. My late wife could pray. Oh, she could pray. I'd come home in the afternoons and I'd, she'd come out the room. And I just knew she'd been praying. I said, so what did you feel today? This is what she'd say to me. She said, I prayed in the spirit. She said, I felt like a giant. She said, I felt I could take on the world. Now, she didn't go out and say, I'm a giant. I'm a giant. No, no. She just felt like that. Because the Spirit so put something in her. Other times she said to me, the, 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 the glory of God just like pushed me into the bed. She always prayed on the bed. She said it was like there was a weight on me. I couldn't get up. Amazing. Fire, brother. We called her the Terminator. She prayed for She... And then when she, when she passed away, and tomorrow it's going to be five years ago, when she, she used to pray for me, because she knew this oak needs prayer. This is a mysterious kid. I'm going to pray in tongues for him. And then when I joined Josh Jen, I was in Wellington, and God spoke to me. And he said this to me, you need to up your game. Up my game. Oh, yeah, I do. Because I don't have that prayer support. I don't have that prayer support. It was right here. Don't feel sorry for me. I must get my act together now. You need to up your game. So, I've upped my game. And wherever I go now and drive in the car, if I'm going to a meeting, I like it's like far away, then I can pray in tongues. Yes. We prayed like that, going to a wedding one day. It was a bit of an odd wedding. So I said to my wife, come, let's just pray in tongues. It was out in Stellenbosch. And everything I said, people just cried. What did I do? 
so weepy, don't they want this couple to be married, you know? And it was just like the presence of God. And God showed me something. There's power in it. 35 ooh, minutes. The Holy Spirit is not responsible for our prayers. We are responsible. He won't teach, he won't, he won't say, no, okay, pray for this. Pray for that. We must know how to pray. He will help me pray as I pray. <laughs> There's sometimes circumstances we don't understand or the there's stories about things we're not sure about. How do I approach that? I use my gift. We can pray. Mm. It says in Jude 20. That's an interesting one. Eh? You got it? Jude, Uncle Jude. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, people have said to me, yeah, but you can't say that that's praying in tongues. Well, you can't say it's not either. So I'll say it is. And I want to encourage you. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in your normal language. Just pray. We were encouraged. Pray. Don't just drift around. Don't realize your wife left. Oh, no. It's not, nothing I said, eh? You'll say, she's all right. Um, <laughs> we, we, we've, got, we've got to stay grounded with the things of God. Jesus walked the planet, folks. He came and dwelt among us to show us this is how you do it. I'm reading a book in my devotions called The Indescribable Christ. Man, it feeds my... Oh, I'm not, I know, it's July. I can read the book now. Before I couldn't uh, read the Bible. <laughs> Don't say anything. Oh, it's on tape. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it talks about this Jesus that we serve. And you know, have you got times when you pray and you kind of run out of superlatives? You don't know what to say. And then you've got this prayer language and it like pops in and you, oh, it's so amazing. This Jesus that we serve. You pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep praying. Keep praying. We have to exercise our faith to pray in tongues. You can't just, oh, I'll pray in tongues for five minutes. It's part of what you do. It's not the thing you do. It's part of what you do. And God gives it to us to help us. We use this gift to give thanks as well. It says, the Bible says it's clear. We, we don't know what we're saying unless God gives us the interpretation. 1 Corinthians 14, 17. You guys are hot this morning. I like it. You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. He's actually speaking about bringing a tongue in a public meeting. So, if you bring a tongue, this is what the Corinthians were doing. These three people in the front row and these two ladies here, they, they were rubber bandying and going off and nobody was interpreting it. And it was chaos. That's why Paul said everything must be done fittingly and in order to the Corinthian church. Because it was disorderly. It was just unfitting. Everything was just, it was a mess. He said, no, 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 guys, we've got to, one, two, maybe three speak, but they speak in order. Bring the interpretation, bring it through. When you have prophetic words, own the words, share. This is what God spoke to us about today. When God speaks, God means it. It's not like today's parents, you know, with kids, if, if you do it again, 
if you, if you do it again, if, if you do it again, no, one if you do it again is enough. If you do it again, oops, enough. The plank of understand, the plank of learning gets applied to the seat of understanding. The Bible says we must do that. You've got to read the Bible. You can't beat your kid. No, you can give your kid a hiding there. Never beat my kids. My youngest, you know the story with him. He was a very naughty boy. I wanted to kill him often. I mean, getting rid of him, I never thought of that, but killing him was an option often. <clears throat> and then my wife would say, no, lovey, pray. <sighs> okay, Lord. He had this, he listened to this weird grunge music and these weird pictures and we ate in the room and then one day, the speakers blew. Jesus, yes, hallelujah. And my wife came to me and she said, we must buy him another radio. I said, no, love, that's God. I mean, the, the thing we, we hit, no, you must love him. Andrew put a thing on Facebook the other day. He said, the Christian life's not about how much we love Jesus. It's about how much we love Judas. And he was being my Judas. Oh, my word, I wanted to kill him. So I said to him, son, <laughs> we thought. He said, ah, Dad, look, I'll come with you. And then eventually breakthrough. But when I'm feeling those times when uh, I can give thanks, I don't want to give thanks, just Give thanks, pray in the spirit. Give thanks to God. Give thanks. You may be giving thanks well enough. You don't know. Now sometimes you can pray in the spirit and God will give you the interpretation. Yourself. Because the Bible says, if somebody speaks in a tongue, he must bring the interpretation. He can bring the interpretation. I was in a church years ago in a, and I just got baptized in the spirit. I was so excited. All this gifts and tongues and stuff. It was so lekker. And this Every Sunday, every Sunday, Sister Rakunda used to bring a word, and she would interpret it. And then I thought, I don't know if that's God. Every Sunday, every single Sunday, is there no one else with a gift? And she'd just choose the most incorrect time in the meeting, and then she'd shout it out and She'd bring the interpretation. And the meeting would go. I didn't know. I, didn't, I couldn't discern. But then afterwards I realized she wanted to be heard. It wasn't the gift to edify. It wasn't the gift to build up. It wasn't the gift for the common good. It was the gift to make her people think, whew, amazing. No. As soon as people start thinking that, or you think people think that, you're on the wrong track. This is for your edification and for the glory of God and for the common good. Okay, last point. 42 minutes, three minutes, two minutes, three minutes. Quote Paul, he says, regarding speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Then he says this, um, therefore, my brothers, in verse 39, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. The Apostle Paul is endorsing what I've been saying. I want to encourage you to press in for more. Our minds are the hindrance to the realm of the Spirit. Fortunately, I'm not so clever. And I can get it. Some of you are too clever. 
the mind. Our minds are the hindrance because our minds rationalize everything and that is why we must remember, it says in verse 14, if I pray with the Spirit, my mind is unfruitful. Oh my word. You tell people that, you've got many degrees, that you can pray and your mind is, what does it mean? My mind is unfruitful. So I can drive my car and pray in tongues and I'm not distracted because I'm still concentrating. I can actually read a book and pray in tongues because my mind, but then my mind doesn't stay on the book, it stays with the tongue thing. But that's what Paul is saying. Unfruitful doesn't mean, as I said, you leave your brains at the door on a Sunday and come in zombies, oh, biddy, 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 the pastors are biddy, biddy. No, 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 you, you must think things through. You must think things through, but you mustn't overthink things, yeah? Because God wants to give this gift to his church, to edify, to build up. Get connected in the spirit realm. I tell you, it's exciting. You know, you, you'll pray, ooh, it sounds like you've really, no, no, I'm just beginning. I'm learning. I'm just a beginner. There's so much. Remember the lady with the cell phones, the auntie? I was standing here praying for people, and that lady was picking up cups, dirty cups. Being, she was serving, fantastic, picking up. And in my spirit, I felt, she wants to steal things. Then I rationalized it. She was black. And so I said, no, Jeff, you, you disgusting racist. Just because she's, that's how you think. That's what the devil takes away the thoughts God gives you in your heart. I felt, and I wanted to, I did sort of, I said, hello, stop. And then the lady, I'm pray, so, and I should have stopped. I said, lovey, listen, it's okay. There'll be people. You go stand at the, and she stole how many phones that morning? Two or three phones. I felt it. Because I'm so clever. No, no, no. I'm learning. And if I had done something, I would have avoided a lot of drama for your daughter. But I rationalized. Now, when the Spirit of God speaks, you must obey. You must obey. God spoke to me when I was a young man, 25 years old, and the night I got saved, you'll serve me. You know the story. I was so excited. I went to my wife, we're going to be in the ministry. She said, no, no. 13 years I waited. 13 years. Then I didn't want to go in. Because now I had a lovely job. I had four kids. It was impossible. But nothing is impossible with God. As I began to pray again, that thing began to stir in me again. This message came out of us praying last Saturday morning. We had that little prayer breakfast thing. And we prayed. It was wonderful. Next time she organizes one, come. You never know what can happen. Come on. <laughs> So I want to encourage you, folks. If you pray in tongues, if you've got the gift, please use it. Please use it. If, you, if you've got it and you haven't used it for a while, believe me, it's still there. God never takes. The Bible says in Romans that the gift and the call are irrevocable. It doesn't take it away. That's the amazing. That's why you see great TV evangelists, whatever they are. Some of them have got amazing gifts, but they low down stinking, thinking, whatever they are, people. Not walking in, 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 in openness with the people that they say they serve. But their gift, it stays. 
Then God, why do you do that? He said, because if I took your gift away, you'd be nothing. Okay, and I get that. I get it, I get it. Who am I to judge then? But the gift and the call of God. Use the gift. If you haven't yet received that gift, I want you to go home and use 1 Corinthians 14 in your quiet time. Your, why do we call it a quiet time? Where did that word come from? It's a terrible word. It should be a loud time. Your, your devotion. Say, God, I'm, I, I want to. Ask God to make you hungry. You can't get hungry by yourself. God puts that desire in you. Make me hungry, Lord, for just this gift. And then it's like the entry gift. And suddenly the world changes. Amen. Let's stand and I'll pray. 48 minutes, 30.7 seconds. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> let's just pray. Come on, let's just read out a hand. Thank you, ladies, for looking after the kids so well. I appreciate that, you guys. Bless you. Um, Father, we thank you that your word says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights above. And we thank you, Lord, that you give gifts to your church. And we want to thank you today, Lord, for this gift of this prayer language, this, this tongue that you give us, that your word says if we, if we have it and we use it, it will edify us, it will build us up, it will transport us into a whole new understanding of the spirit realm. I pray today, Father, in Jesus' name, won't you help us to get hungry? Hungrier than we are. You said if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be filled. So Lord, won't you fill us as we hunger and thirst for you, for the righteousness. It's for you, Lord. We don't want to just the gift. We, we want to come to the giver. It's you. You give gifts. And Lord, your word is almost clear that you want to give this gift. So change our hearts, change our minds. Help us to see it and to take it and to use it, Lord, for your glory, for the common good and for our encouragement. And as we go from here, part us with your blessing. Thank you that you go with us. Thank you you promised I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Thank you that you will hold us in your hand like you promised. This week we pray. Give us opportunities this week to speak the truth of who you are to workmates. Like Craig said, Lord, we don't want to be chameleons in our workplace. We want to stand up for what we know is right. Wherever we find ourselves, let us be that for you and for your glory. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen.